Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Jamunati Ravanachari Jamunati Ravanachari 
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Hare Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Shushirada Madhava Ki, Shushirada Govinda Deva Ki, Grantarad Shriman Bhagavatam Ki, Srila Prabhupada Ki, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Canto 4, Chapter 3, Text number 8 We'll do a word for word Satya Uvacha Sati said Prajapatihi of Daksha, te your Swashurasya of your father in law Sampartam 
nowadays, Nirya Pita has been started. Yagya Maha Utsavaha, a great sacrifice. Kila, certainly. Vayam, we. Cha, and. Tatra, there. Abhisarama, may go. Vama, oh my dear Lord Shiva. Te, your. Yadi, if. Artita, desire. Ami, these. Vibhudha, demigods. Virjanti, are going. He, because. Satya Uvacha Prajapateste Shwashurasya Sampraptam Niyapito Yagyamahotsava Kila Vayam Chatar Abhisharama Vamate Yadyartitami vibhudha vrajantihi Please chant. Suvacha Satya Uvacha Satya Uvacha Translation, Sati said, My dear Lord Shiva, your father-in-law is now executing a great sacrifice and all the demigods, having been invited by him, are going there. If you desire, we may also go. Purport. Sati knew that the tension between her father and her husband, or Sati knew of the tension between her father and her husband, but still, she expressed to her husband, 
Lord Shiva, that since such sacrifices were going on at her father's house, and so many demigods were going, she also desired to go. But she could not express her willingness directly. And so she told her husband that if he desired to go, then she could also accompany him. In other words, she submitted her, she submitted her desire very politely to her husband. Om Ajnana Tamarandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Guruve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Sapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Gadadmayam Dadati Swaparantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Uta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamsha Shri Rupam Sagajatam Sahagana Raghunatanvitam Tangsajivam Sadvetam Savadutam Padijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhanvitam He Krishna Karuna Sindo Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavanishvari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakopatrubhyascha Kripasindu Behevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vashari Ghor Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Like the blessings of all the Vaishnavas that we can take full advantage of the opportunity being presented to us, both personally and collectively, that we have the opportunity to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. And actually today's class um, is just about that. It's about fear of missed opportunities, or in a modern context, FOMO. Who's ever heard of FOMO before? FOMO? It's a, it's a modern term. This modern term means, it's a modern term, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an eternal principle of human life. FOMO means fear of missing out. It's an acronym. And so, uh, I was thinking, more than just fear of missing out, what we can really think about is the, the, the fear that comes from a missed opportunity. Right? And Sati is demonstrating for us uh, FOMO right now this fear of missing out, because she's seeing all of these demigods travel to her father's house, and they're going to be performing a great sacrifice. It's like a big celebration. Champak was talking about festival. It's this huge festival. Everyone's dressing up, and she's really wanting to go. Right? And although it was interesting, when I was talking to Tush Prabhu about kind of giving class today, and I was thinking, well, I might also do text nine, I might do eight and nine. But then the more I meditated upon it, because one may look at this purport and they're like, wow, well, there's not so much there. Right? But then Sanat Goswami says, every syllable of Bhagavatam is, is dripping with nectar. 
It's full of nectar, full of bliss. And, uh, and I, 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 I appreciate that opportunity to be able to um, look a bit deeper into what actually is there because there's actually so much even in this kind of transitionary verse in small purport, right? Basically, you know, Sati's just saying, if you'd like to go, we could go together. And Prabhupada points out how she's being indirect. So this term FOMO, um, I looked it up online. I had heard about it, and I've experienced it. And I wanted to read, there's a, um, there's a website, it's called verywellmind.com, and they did a little article on FOMO. And basically it talks about um, what some of the research has said about FOMO. Um, so basically, brief history, the idea that you might be missing out on a good time is not new to our era. However, while it has presumably been around for centuries, you can see evidence of FOMO in ancient texts. That's what it really says, which I thought was interesting because that's exactly what we're seeing. It has only been studied during the past few decades, beginning with a 1996 research paper by marketing strategist Dr. Dan Herman, who coined the term fear of missing out. Since the advent of social media, however, FOMO has become more obvious and has been studied more often. So basically, it goes on to say that social media has highlighted this fear of missing out in so much because the way in which on social media I can portray an aspect of my life, a highlight of my life, and give the impression that this is the totality of my life, that my life is always like a smiling picture with my friends, or my, you know, my, my life is always a, kind of like a, a beautiful angled selfie where I, you know, I'm, I'm just in the right, right light and I have the perfect filter on. Right? So social media gives us this impression that, wow, everyone else is doing it so much better than I am. Right? And I'm failing. Prahlad Maharaj says this in the uh, seventh canto. He talks about that. Actually, when does suffering begin? Suffering begins when this thought of, I will enjoy. Right? And social media... But media in general, not just social media, because that's what marketing is. Right? Marketing is it gives you this idealistic image of what you could be or should be or need to be in order to be happy. Right? And, and, and although people may experience some kind of pleasure from being on social media, they may ex experience some pleasure from buying things or you know, watching advertisements, it actually, at the deepest level, creates great suffering, right? So, going further, uh, social networking sites are both a cause and an effect of fear of missing out. Unsurprisingly, adolescents use social networking sites at a high rate and may experience FOMO as a result. Interestingly, however, FOMO acts as a mechanism that triggers higher social network networking usage. Girls experiencing depression tend to use social networking sites at a greater rate, while boys, anxiety was a trigger for greater social media use. This shows that increased use of social media can lead to higher stress rates caused by FOMO. Right? So basically, they, they feed into each other. This fear of missing out gives me anxiety, gives me depression, then I use more social media, and then using more social media gives me more fear of missing out. Right? It's this kind of interesting conundrum. And that's, that's what's being described 
or demonstrated to us from sati. She's demonstrating this materialistic fear of missing out. We know sati is an eternal associate of Lord Shiva, who's a pure Mahabhagavat devotee of the Lord. There's, there's, there's really not this kind of material inebriety in her. Yet she's demonstrating, and, and it plays out in, into the rest of the pastime, but she's demonstrating this type of materialistic thought that I'm missing out on something and, and the anxiety and the fear that comes about from that. So I, I found it interesting also that Prabhupada highlights this point that she was indirect in her addressing her husband. Right? She felt that she knew of the tension between Lord Shiva and her husband. It had been quite obvious to everyone. Everyone knew of this tension. Yet she, rather than kind of addressing that or acknowledging that, she went about it in an indirect way. And this is really kind of, in the same example that we're talking about social media, it's not really gathering the whole picture of someone's life, right? But I'm able, I'm, in, I'm equipped to paint my life in a certain picture to then create this impression that everything is going well and everything is going good. So in a similar way, Sati's kind of doing that also. Everything's going to be fine. It's my father's house. All the demigods are going. It'll be great. So, and she's kind of embarrassed, right? And, and that's really the, the situation of the living entity where I'm embarrassed in this material world by wanting things that I know are not, for, that I know are not wholesome and I know are not for my benefit. I'm attracted, I'm, I'm, I'm dragged towards things that are temporary, and it's embarrassing. And so because it's embarrassing, I go, I, I, I'm indirect about my material desires a lot of times, Right? And so Sati's demonstrating this also. So I wanted to, we, you know, we talked about kind of this idea of FOMO, fear of missing out. But I wanted to shift a little bit and talk about the fear of a missed opportunity. Right? What should we actually have FOMO about? Right? Generally, I have FOMO about material enjoyment. I have FOMO about sense gratification. There's some sense gratification that's available, someone else is getting. And if I don't get it, then I'm missing out on that. But what's the actual thing that we're missing out on? Right? Um, I was thinking in, we read something very sweet, and I'll sh we'll share this little pastime with Bali Maharaj, but uh, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Bahunam Janmanam Mante, Gyanabamam Prapajyante, that living entities have taken birth in this material world, for millions and millions and millions and millions of births. And finally, we have the opportunity to connect with Krishna's devotees, to connect with Krishna's holy name, to hear Krishna's words from Bhagavad Gita. Right. And, and that opportunity is so rare. Right. Manushinam sahasreshu kashchid yatati sidhaye. Right. Out of many thousands among men, hardly one even has some inclination. And out of thousands of those persons, hardly one even comes to the truth. Right? Krishna is saying how rare it is in this material world. And so, um, Bali Maharaj, in the fifth canto, uh, it's describing the 
Subterranean heavenly planets. Anyone know what those are? Can name them all? The subterranean heavenly planets. Atala vitala sutala tala tala mahatala rasatala patala loka. Sorry, I just, I just wanted to do that because it's a little. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So, Bali Maharaj lives on what planet? Anyone know? Sutala. Right, so, he lives on Sutala. And it's described on Sutala that he has a very special type of security. Who's his security guard? Vamanadev, right? So, it describes this pastime that before Bali Maharaj was kind of just relocating at Sutala, and that was like, you know, he had taken over the entire universe, all three planetary systems. He had taken over this entire universe by his great prowess, had defeated Indra and all of the demigods. And Indra, being extremely distressed by this, you know, by being usurped, prayed to the Lord, and Lord Vamanadev came to him. Vamanadev is his brother, Upendra. Um, they, right? Upendra, yeah, Upendra and Indra. So he, he approaches his brother. He says, my dear brother, I know you're the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Can you please go and beg Bali for the universe back? You, you, you appear as this Brahmin and you can, you can beg the universe back and get it back for us. And Vamanadev says, okay. So then we know the pastime. He goes and he enters the assembly hall and Bali's immediately attracted. Everyone in the assembly hall is pra practically immediately attracted at this, at this adorable, effulgent Brahmin dwarf. And so Bali, uh, Vamanadev approaches Bali Maharaj and Bali Maharaj says, My dear Brahmin, I, please allow me to give some charity to you. And it's a beautiful exchange. Vamanadev says, I don't really need much. And Bali says, no, 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 please, allow me to give you something in charity. And meanwhile, Bali Maharaj's spiritual master says, don't trust this person. He's actually Vishnu in disguise. He's Vishnu in disguise, and he's come to steal everything from us. Notice that his mentality is not actually what's best for Bali Maharaj. He's thinking, I'm Bali Maharaj's priest. I'm Bali Maharaj's seminal guru. And if he's, if he's stolen from, then all of my wealth is also taken. So he's thinking, he's come to take everything away from us. And Bali Maharaj thought, well, if this is the opportunity that I've been given to give everything to Krishna, then let me take it. So he goes ahead and Bali Maharaj asks, all I need is three paces of land. And Bali says, or Vamanadev says, all I need is three paces of land. Bali Maharaj says, I mean, that's insane. You, you're very wise and you're a Brahmin, but you do not know your self-interest. I, I could give you an entire island. I can give you an entire planet. Ask something more from me. And Vamanadev says, no, no, no. If I'm not satisfied with only three paces of land, then nothing in this world can satisfy me. There will never be enough for greed. So Bali Maharaj finally acquiesces. He says, fine, three paces of land. And we know the first step that Vamanadev took penetrated the top of the universe. The second step that Vamanadev took covered all the subterranean heavenly planets. And Vamanadev says, we have a problem. I have one more step and I have nowhere to put it. 
And Bali Maharaj says, you can put it on my head. Right. So then there's this beautiful verse from the fifth canto. It's describing the glories of Shukadeva Goswami as he's describing the subterranean heavenly planets. He takes a little bit detour and he starts talking about the glories of Bali Maharaj. Even though he knows he's going to talk about Bali Maharaj later, he says, I can't, I, can't, I can't help it. I have to share a little bit about the glories of Bali Maharaj because he's such a great devotee. Bali Maharaj is thinking this. He says, alas, how pitiable it is for Indra, the king of heaven, that although he is very learned and powerful, and although he chose Brihaspati as his prime minister to instruct him, he is completely ignorant concerning spiritual advancement. Brihaspati is also an, an unintelligent because he did not properly instruct his disciple Indra. Lord Vamade was standing at Indra's door, but King Indra, instead of begging him for an opportunity to render transcendental loving service, engaged him in asking me for alms to gain the three worlds. Sovereignty over, oh, the three worlds for his sense gratification. Sovereignty over this three worlds is very insignificant because whatever material opulence one may possess lasts only for an age of Manu, which is but a tiny fraction of endless time. Bali's feeling bad. He's, Indra had the opportunity to serve, to relate, to, to honor the Supreme Personality of God, and he missed it. He missed it for some miserly thing of the material world, some miser idea of sovereignty over the three planetary systems. But Bali Maharaj says, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. I'm going to take this opportunity. Right? So this is the real fear. Of, of this is what we actually should fear missing out. Fearing out on fearing missing out on this human form of life. Nehi bikramanashosti. Right? That that by taking advantage, by even a little endeavor on this spiritual path, one is saved from the greatest type of fear. And Prabhupada says that that greatest fear is missing the opportunity of the human form of life, which is meant for full realization of our spiritual quality and our relationship with Krishna. That this is the actual fear. What, what, am I, what am I missing out in the material world? Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, aside from Krishna's holy name, there's nothing in the 14 worlds. Nothing that is of any importance or of any, of, of, of any substance without Krishna's holy name. Right? Yet I'm preoccupied by fear of missing out on some sense gratification. And that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to me that, I'm, that, I'm, that, I'm, that I have the greatest treasure, the greatest wealth, and I'm fearing about missing out on some kind of popularity contest. I was thinking about you know, my tendency. Shurada really helps me to go to bed on time, but my tendency to stay up late is I think, what if I miss something? What if something's going on? What if there's something happening? That's like the running mentality in the back of my mind. But what am I missing out on? You know what I'm missing out on? I'm missing out on the sweet early morning hours when Krishna is being woken up by his devotees and being sung sweet songs of his holy name and songs glorifying his spiritual master. I'm missing out on those sweet morning hours of that spiritual hour of Brahma Mohorta to be able to chant and connect with Krishna. I'm missing out on the greatest thing 
So this materialistic FOMO makes me miss out this, this kind of materialistic consideration that I'm going to miss out on some sense gratification really causes us just to miss out on our spiritual growth. So I wanted to ask um, about... Uh, I wanted to look at this real quick, actually. Excuse me. Um, but about the I, about this kind of you know we're hearing this example of materialistic FOMO. But I'm wondering if anyone can recall a uh, examples from the shastra of spiritual FOMO, this kind of spiritualistic FOMO, this fear that arises from the missed opportunity of human life. So while you think of that, and we'll, I'm going to read this one verse. 11.9.29 um, and then we'll, we'll also open it up for that and then if there's any reflections or questions. So this is from um, 11th Canto, chapter 9, verse 29. I believe it's the Navayogendras. It's a famous verse. Labda sudulabam idam bahusam bhavante manusham artam dam anityam apihadira Having, after many, many births and deaths, one achieves the rare human form of life, which, although temporary, affords one the opportunity to attain the highest perfection. Thus, a sober human being should quickly endeavor for the ultimate perfection of life, as long as his body, which is always subject to death, has not fallen down and died. After all, sense gratification is available even to the most abominable species of life, whereas Krishna consciousness is possible only for a human being. In the purport it's mentioned, one can experience Krishna consciousness in the association of devotees of the Lord, Without their association, one is in danger of being attacked, attracted to the impersonal conception of life, which causes ones to fall away from devotional service or the absolute truth. Or, being discouraged by one's failure to understand the absolute truth, one may return to the false platform of sense gratification. In conclusion, human life is meant for cultivating Krishna consciousness under the guidance of the experienced, self-realized devotees of the Lord. So this is our opportunity. And this is, this is really the, the only thing that, that is worthy of being fearful of, is fearing this missed opportunity of being able to associate with the devotees of the Lord and to be able to engage in Krishna's service. Everything else is, 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 is not actually uh, worthy of fear. It's, it's, I'm not missing out really on anything if I have the association of devotees, and if I have Krishna's holy name, and if I have my sadhana. But and on the other hand, if I, don't, if, I, if I don't give attention to those things, I'm missing out on everything. So, I want to open it up for conversation, reflection, and any um, examples of spiritual FOMO. I saw Mother Nidra's first, and then
I was just thinking of Ajamil first. He's got the FOMO, you know, he's thinking he's missing out on being with the prostitute. And then later on, he realized he's going to really miss out if he doesn't get it together, go to hard war and, you know, conclude his material existence. He saw, yeah, he saw the Sudra and Sudrani just kind of enjoying, and he thought, oh, I'm missing out on that kind of lifestyle. And, uh, and that's, you know, it's, it's anyone that's ever been to a music festival distributing books, that type of mentality can come into the mind. I remember when I first joined, and I was at a music festival. I'd never gone to a music festival before, meeting, before being a, becoming a devotee. And uh, being at this music festival, I remember my mind thinking, I would walk into these tents and you know, I'd see people hanging out. And I was thinking, oh man. You know, the thought in that Maya was like, hey, you could be having a good time with all these people too. And like, you could be the center of attention in this, in this, whole, you know, in this whole tent, in this whole campsite. You'd, you'd bring the party. They don't even know, what's, you know what they're missing out on. But really, that, my mind was thinking, I'm missing out on so many things. And so Ajumi was experiencing the same thing. He thought he was missing out on, on life, but then he realized what he was at, what he actually missed, or pr practically almost missed, were it not for the grace of the holy name, and were it not for you know him naming his son Narayan. Totally. Krishna. The node mentioned a couple things. Whenever we have time. Okay. Yeah. After Krishna. This is a song, a song by Narutam Dastaku. Ishta Deva Vigyapati, pray to one's beloved Lord. Hari Hari, Vipalek Janama Ganayanu, Manusya jan, Janama Paya, Radha Krishna Nabajiya, Janiya Suniya Vishakainu. Now that I established that I cannot sing. <laughs> oh Lord Hari, I've wasted my life. Although I have taken this, this rare human birth, I have not served Radha and Krishna, and thus I have knowingly drunk poison. And the second stanza, The treasure of divine love in Goloka Vrindavan has descended as the congregational chanting of Lord Hari's holy names. Why did my attraction for that chanting never come about? Day and night, my heart burns in the fire of the poison of worldliness, and have not accepted the means for relieving, for relieving it. So, yeah, I was thinking in line with Nartam Das Thakur, he, how he was in anxiety that he missed Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, Lord Chaitanya. He was missing all these associates of Lord Chaitanya and anxious to get to the next place and missing them. Uh, similarly, Raghunath Das Goswami, anxious that he should just join Lord Chaitanya and Lord Chaitanya just sit still, be patient, don't be so restless. And uh, yeah, so these personalities, how they had this fear or kind of this anxiety that they m may miss the association. And, you know, they didn't have planes and 
motorcycles and cars, they were walking, and then they'd get to the next place and they'd just break down out of just that separation. So I, I thought how this vipralamba element is there in that fear of missing out or opportunity for, for the Vaishnava, it's, it, can, it's, it can inspire that as it did with Narottam and Raghunathas Goswami. Um, I was also, before Krishna Sara Prabhu read that song, I was thinking of a song by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Buliya Tomare Samsari Asya Piyanana Drida Vyata. He tells, he places himself as an ordinary soul that he, he was suffering so much in the womb of his mother because he had to be squeezed uh, for 10 months, bitten by bugs and, you know, burned by fluids, etc., etc. Sorry to destroy the, the myth of birth to some of you. And, and then uh, he actually, he was praying so hard that Super Soul appeared to him. And then he vowed, he promised, I will serve you. I know what my duty is. I will serve you as soon as I'm out. And then, because of the impact of birth, because um, it's very traumatic, not just for the mother, but for the child, absolutely. When, when in the 70s, there was a theory that says that, um, I don't know how much validity this has, but that when you're in bed and you feel like you're falling all of a sudden, is is actually a remembrance of when you actually were born, that you are actually falling into the void almost. And then uh, because of a trauma of birth uh, and the pain, he forgot. And then obviously he was handled from relative to relative and dotted with love and affection. And that further uh, obliterated the memory of, uh, of his vow to serve Krishna. And if, of course, then got into playing and schooling and education and family and children. And Bhaktivinoda says, now in my old age, uh, I've realized I had nothing. I lost my, my chance. What will be my fate now that I have forgotten you? So this is a great um, example of um, forgetting and, and missing out, although he obviously was a self-realized great acharya, still he takes himself as, as a humble, humble soul. And Prabhupada said that Narottam the course songs were just as good as Shastra and so is Bhaktivinoda Thakur, non-different. Oh yeah, just if you know it, Kobe. So anyway, Vinod Prabhu said, I guess I gotta read it. He said first he mentioned Narottam Das Thakur, like Tushita Prabhu was saying. And then he said the gopis were always having FOMO that they were missing being with Krishna. So I remember growing up, um, 
And yeah, there's this sense of fear of missing out all the time. And I think one of the worst things about it was that it was amplified by other persons' vicarious fear for me, particularly family. There, there's a way in which like uh, family members try to live their own material. They're on, they're on, because the material desire doesn't end when you try to satisfy your own material desire. When you have children, you want them to, to satisfy their material desires and you can vicariously feel like you're enjoying through them. This is a tendency I've noticed. So with parents and like aunts and uncles and stuff, there's a lot of like, you know, just direct and indirect encouragement to, to dive in and to taste as much material enjoyment as possible. And uh, I, I, could, I could appreciate later like how difficult that is to deal with is peer pressure. This <laughs> is very powerful. It's basically vicarious fear of missing out like for someone else. And I thought about, like, what is, that, what is that like for a devotee in the pure sense? Well, you know, Advaita Acharya, he prayed so hard to Lord Chaitanya that his cries pierced the universe. He, he was screaming for Krishna to come, just out of, like, intense desire to help other people because he, he thought nobody can help except for Krishna himself. It's such a degraded age. Nobody can do it, even though he's significantly empowered himself being actually Lord Shiva. Um, and then when he came, he, he wanted to make sure that this was actually Krishna. He tested him, and Mahavir said, bring Advaita Acharya. He wants to know what mantra. He, he wants to know his mantra. I will tell him what mantra he has learned. And then he, he's, he's explaining, actually, those are different persons. He, said, no, I want, he wants to know where, I'm, he's, he wants me to know that, wants to know that I know where he's hiding. He's hiding in the house of Nanda uh, Acharya. Go find him because he's super soul, he knows everything. And when Advaita Acharya came, he realized that this, this young man who he had seen grown up from a child was actually Krishna himself. And his prayers had been answered. And the first thing he does after crying and offering obeisances and offering worship, when Mahabharata was just now asked for a benediction, I came because of you, you know, whatever you want, anything, you can have it. He said, I want one thing. I want that you give pure love of God to everybody, including and especially the most fallen and helpless persons. And I thought, that's fear of missing out. Because he knows what Krishna and Krishna consciousness is. He's right there with Govinda. And his, his, his desire is that everyone else get in that party with him. I thought, yeah, that's the pure form of vicarious fear of missing out. None of this, yeah, go, you know, do this, eat, drink, and be merry. No, no, I want you to come and worship Govinda. And, you know, that, that Sankirtan mood. So, anyway, I thought that was a very powerful prayer by him. He was afraid of everyone else missing. He had it, he had it himself. He was made. He's good forever, but he's, he's afraid of everyone else missing what he's experiencing. Hmm? Yeah, I, and that's a really nice dynamic that the vicarious FOMO that people can experience that because in the material sense, I'm not satisfied, so therefore my dependence have to fulfill and kind of take the opportunities that I missed, right? And how that not only compounds, not only does it never really satisfy my own, you know, fear of missing out, like you said, like sense gratification won't actually satisfy me, right? It kind of compounds my own FOMO, but then it compounds the FOMO of the people that I'm trying to vicariously experience through. But then spiritually speaking, Advaita Acharya is fearful of all living entities missing out on the opportunity of pure love of God that is being made available by Lord Chaitanya's appearance on the earth. 
and that, that earnest desire. I was thinking also, Vinod mentioned the gopis and how that transcendental FOMO was so intense that some of the gopis actually gave up their own body. Right? They, they, they gave up their body just because of the, the burning sense of, of missing the opportunity to be with Krishna. Right? And I was thinking also of Narottam Das Thakur. He's, he, was, he was imbued from the uh, Pandaki, Pandak, what's the river? Padmavati? Yeah, Padmavati River. So from the goddess Padmavati, Mahaprabhu had imbued the river, had given his prema to this river. And he said, this, this belongs to a very special person. When this person, Narutam, comes to bathe in the waters, you please give this to him. What was Mahaprabhu's prema? It was the prema of Vipralamba. It was the prema of, of the gopi separation. It was the prema of Radharani's separation. Right? And so then Narottam Dastakur, that was that he you know he became golden from from getting this this prema of Mahaprabhu. And that was I mean his whole life was designed divinely to to uh, increase this feeling of separation because everywhere he went, like Tushprabhu was saying, everywhere he went he had just missed Nat Goswami and Rupa Goswami. He had just missed Mahaprabhu, you know, when he was a young boy and he was talking to all the sadhus and his, and his, his father would invite many sadhus to, their, to, their, um, to the palace area and he would feed them. And he would go and talk and they would be talking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Goranga. And he would say, I want to go see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And the sadhus would look at him very sadly and they say, he's left, he's left the planet pains at every step Narutam losing so he said okay Mahaprabhu is gone at least I can go see Rupa and Sanatan and he makes his way he, he leaves in the middle of the night and makes his way all the way to Mathura practically starving because he, he's a prince he doesn't know how to survive in the wilderness and he gets to Mathura and one sadhu takes him under his wing and he says I'm here to see Sanatan and Rupa and the sadhu says they've left such burning, like transcendental fear of that missed opportunity. And he sings. He says, I'm going to jump into fire, smash my head against a rock. I, I, I was not able to see the dancing form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I was not able to be with his associates. I've missed this opportunity. But in that FOMO, whereas in, whereas in materialistic FOMO, my anxiety increases exponentially. In spiritual FOMO, the bliss increases exponentially. Right? Uh, Steve had something. I had a couple of examples that came to mind. One of them was um, Pratapurud. One of them was uh, Pratapurudra Maharaj, and he was um, because of his position as a king. Lord Titania initially was refusing to see him, and then he was just thinking of him to himself like. I'll give up this kingly position. It's not worth it if, if I'm going to be deprived of Lord Chaitanya's association. Then eventually the devotees helped him make an arrangement by which he could get his association. But he had very intense fear of missing out because he was like seeing everything from the rooftops, but he couldn't participate in it. And um, another example I thought of is that at one time Krishna was thinking, hey, it seems like Srimati Radharani is experiencing more pleasure than me. Like, what's going on here? What is this love for me that she's experiencing? And so he took the form of Lord Chaitanya. Oh.
It's right. It's like okay. Yeah. So because Krishna was sort of having this fear of missing out, he came as Lord Chaitanya. I was thinking of Dhruva Maharaj when Narada Muni, um, when he met Narada Muni, Narada Muni said, and Srila Prabhupada says that the Guru always tests the disciples, so Narada Muni was testing that, you know, you're a boy, you should, you know, go, be, a, be do what children do, and, you know, and then later on, you can, you know, be instructed on the absolute truth. And he um, said, in other words, you know, well, thank you, but if you're telling me to go home, then you can go home. I'm not. So he passed the test, and um, yeah, I don't know how that plays into the FOMO, but I thought of that. Um, Yeah, was in, in the, I'm trying to think of this example, how, how it relates to kind of that fear of missing out. Um, in one sense, it was like Dhruva had this fear of missing out on you know, being on his father's lap and enjoying his father's association. That's kind of what moved him to, uh, to renounce the kingdom and go practice austerities in the forest. Right. And um, whereas, whereas the fear of missing out in the material sense can be embarrassing, it can be indirect, it can be unattainable, right? Because of Druva's then, you know, by the by the sound advice of his mother, he became determined and fixed. He became Druva, right? And therefore, he was fixed in his determination, and nothing could dissuade him. Right? And so, similarly, the you know that's that's kind of this. The material sense of FOMO can create lethargy, can create apathy, and create inaction. Whereas the spiritual FOMO, the fear of the missed opportunity, it creates action. It creates intensity. Right? It creates determination. So, is there anything more on Facebook? No. Do you have anything? I just think of something. Well, I was just thinking about that, that healthy fear of Maya and that we're fortunate if we see that we, have, that we still have material desires and material attachments and that causes fear instead of that fear not being there, I was just thinking. Because that fear means like you know, what's, you know what the outcome is if you, if you fully give in. So that, I think that fear coming from the Vaishnava Association and submissive hearing, it like it allows you to like it's it's not as good it's not as good of like a um, motivator as as love, but it's better than not. It's better than like just thinking about material things and then just going for it. Yes. Well, yeah, and it's 
very briefly, it's just the difference between kind of uh, failure-oriented consciousness or goal-oriented consciousness, right? Like, you know, if I'm, if I'm fearing to be attacked by Maya because I'm going to fail, I don't want to fail, rather than I'm fearing to, you know, succumb or give too much attention to Maya or like yesterday Tushpur was talking about just like prajalpa material sound vibration because I'm, I don't want to miss the opportunity. I don't want to miss out on the goal. And so how do we create, how do we cultivate this spiritual FOMO? It's by hearing about what is the goal? What's the actual goal of life? And then rather than just being fearful because I don't want to be wrong or I don't want to be punished, right? I become fearful of the, of the golden opportunity that we've all been given. I've, been, I've become fearful of missing out on that opportunity. So, we'll end there. Grantrad Srimad Bhagavatam Ki, Srila Prabhupada Ki, the golden opportunity of Lord Chaitanya Ki.